When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another week, another edition of the Tripe Supper. I'm here with Phil and Vic again, talking all things Borough. Steve McLaren's return this week. Looking back at McLaren's time at Borough, does he get the credit he deserves, do you think, for the job he did as Borough boss? I think he does now. I mean, we can look back now and we see it was a golden age. Uh, at the time when he left, it was very strange because uh, he wasn't exactly run out of town, but there weren't a lot of protests at the fact that the most successful manager in the club's history had, had left. And I think there was almost the understanding for months beforehand that he was going to go and maybe there was a slight bitter taste at the way he left because uh, it was totally unnecessary and unforgivable for the FA to announce he had the England job three days before the UEFA Cup final and you have to wonder whether he had okayed that kind of news information for whatever reason but certainly it can't have helped in the build up to what was our biggest game in our history so maybe a few people resent that. But you've got to remember that the soundtrack to much of Steve McLaren's last two years was booing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because it's one of these things where if you look purely at stats, you know, you can't help... You've got to conclude that he was Borough's greatest ever manager. You know, we talked about this in a previous podcast. But football isn't just about stats, is it? Yes, Clearly, to go to get Middlesbrough to a UEFA Cup final is a phenomenal achievement. Probably will never see repeated in our lifetimes. Oh, I'm wrong about that, of course. But and I don't think many people would have thought it would have happened even before then. And a League Cup final, you know, it's given us memories that will live live forever. Um, I mean, I think personally, his greatest one of his greatest achievements was keeping Burr up in his first season, which again we've talked about, but. The, the issue, the, the 2005-06 season was bizarre. Borough had finished relatively close to a Champions League place in 2005 and qualified for Europe by the league for their only time in the club's history. Um, the famous game at Man City, of course, um, Ned Kelly, uh, Mark Schwartz, the greatest Australian since Ned Kelly, as Ali Brownlee said. Um, that was a great team and it was felt that, that team could have kicked on again the next season and for whatever reason... It was a strange, strange season, 2005-06, to the point where everybody but people within the club were talking about a potential scrap against relegation. I remember the, the results weren't good going into Christmas and, uh, and then into the New Year as well. Um, it, it was weird that the perception was that McLaren had taken the team as far as they could go. Some of the performances were pretty desperate. Um, and... and Everybody outside the club was talking, well, if the results don't improve, Borough are going to potentially go down here. To the point where we had the home game against Aston Villa, the, the never-to-be-forgotten home game, um, where Aston Villa basically hammered Borough, didn't they? And there was the famous season ticket yeah. thrown at the manager, Lee Catamull, crying as he came off the pitch. Um, Borough conceded four. And you saw no way back for Steve McLaren then. And the the word since has been that he was very close to getting the sack. Um, there was no evidence that Borough would go on and reach a European Cup final. Um, so that I think that, that is why that it's very hard to quantify his value because 
at most of the at most of the clubs he would have probably been sacked at that point in time. Probably would never have got the England job, and Borough would never have got to a European final. So it's very much whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person. But I think the reason why he's probably not loved as much by the Borough supporters as he probably should be is pretty much down to himself because he never really took the trouble to to embrace the the job in the way that. For example, someone like Aitor Karanka is an outsider who clearly has massive ambitions within manage in within management. He 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 doesn't want to finish his career at Middlesbrough, and we know that. We know he's probably got his sights on maybe it's Real Madrid somewhere down the line, or a major Spanish team, or a major English team. But he's doing and saying all the right things while he's at Middlesbrough. Now, Steve, I think it's fair to say, didn't always do the right thing in that respect. He didn't embrace the local press as well as he could have done he perhaps gave the impression that he was always had one eye on the next job to the point whereby he was linked very heavily with well, Leeds, and Newcastle. Leeds and Newcastle you know, and those kind of things fans aren't stupid they don't forget that they don't forget that the, the, within a few days weeks of signing Massimo Macaroni for a club record fee within days of bringing Janino back you know, and this is Steve Gibson really throwing everything and the kitchen sink at a manager to help support him he was that close to, to joining Leeds. And, and if so, there's two clubs fans don't want to see a Borough manager linked with that, you'd guess it'd be them too, Absolutely, you? yeah. So little things like, I'll say they're not little things, they're massive things. They're, they're the reasons why we respect, I think, as fans, rather than love Steve McLaren as a manager. I think that the entire period that Steve McLaren was manager was against a background of almost civil war amongst the fan base. Uh, which in some ways was a, a carry-on from uh, what happened under Brian Robson, where there was massive divisions uh, within, the, within the fans on the message boards, you know, in, in the fanzines. Uh, and there was a lot of, a lot of uh, people declared themselves one way or another very early on with Steve McLaren. Uh, a lot of people decided after four matches that this guy wasn't good enough. But four pretty comprehensive thumpings. Mm. Uh, including a 4-1 defeat at Hope in Newcastle, which didn't help. And a lot of people declared themselves publicly there and then, this guy is not up to it. And I think when you declare yourself publicly, it's very, very hard to, to claw, you know, claw it back and, and uh, say that you were wrong. That's part of the nature of football fans. And as the years went on and there was success... It wasn't dramatic success. It was a, a, a progressive, slow build, uh, you know, slow burning kind of uh, uh, long term strategy from McLaren, which is exactly what the club needed. But that didn't solve the problem amongst the fan base because what the, what a lot of people wanted was a new Brian Robson. Whereas from the start, there's this massive, massive you know launch pad and everything's going to be exciting and the, you know, the players are going to put bums on seats and it's going to be end to end Cavalier stuff. And a lot of people had, had come to the Riverside as new fans, and, and that's what they knew of Middlesbrough, all-out attack, crazy, crazy football. And Steve McLaren's functional, technocratic coaching mm. approach to it and the appliance of science didn't fit with that. So I think there was a big split within the fan base from very early on. And he didn't do enough, either on the pitch, dramatically, to turn that round. And he also didn't do enough personally... Because at the end of the day, he's not really a likeable bloke in terms of his public persona. He's all right when you talk to him behind the scenes, and he can be charming when he wants to turn it on. But in terms of the, the public thing, he never really did enough to build 
uh, a, ba- a personal base within the, within the fans that would take him through the sticky sticky times. So whenever there was a setback, the knives were out immediately. Yeah. Even two or three games in a row, you know that the night. I mean, and I, we got a letter after uh, the the Carling Cup final victory, and we got a letter from someone that seriously said. This is papering over the cracks. I was just about to say, did, did the Cup run save McLaren? Because although, you know, obviously uh, League Cup and, and the European final, the squads we had, to, especially towards the end, were you know, well, incredibly from, strong squad. And I th- think he said himself, didn't he, that his team at Middlesbrough, when, when judged in retro, uh, <clears throat> retrospectively, was clearly a cup team rather than a league team. Now, that's, I'm not saying that's justifiable excuse for what went on. I mean, the fact remains that Borough finished in the bottom half of the table four times out, four seasons out of five. And they shouldn't have done with the squad, should they? No, the, the back they, end of they, it. they lacked that little bit of an X factor that you perhaps think a, a really top world class coach could have got out of those groups of players. I think some of his best work, as Vic alluded to, was in his first season after that dreadful start. You know, he brought in Gareth Southgate, which was a fantastic signing. A brilliant signing, and and just the sort of player Borough really needed at that point in time. Because um, in the tail end of Brian's time at the club, Brian Robson, and, and when Terry Venables took over, it was an aging team that clearly needed completely overhauling. So to to, to in that first season keep Borough in the division and reach an FA Cup semi final with a, a pretty moderate group of say moderate, pretty flare free group of players was a huge achievement and shouldn't be forgotten. You know, it, it, it did really, a, a coach proves he can coach when he's got limited resources, doesn't, doesn't he? So I think, I think after that, when, when the chairman really... And he, I think the chairman indulged Steve McLaren to a degree like no other at that point in time. He really, when it was starting to cost serious money to bring a lot of players in, when other clubs were starting to be able to compete financially with a wealthy chairman like Steve Gibson... He showed, you know, he went out and broke the club's transfer record. He, he brought in Macaroni, or he, he, he financed that deal. You know, he brought in further down the line Hasselbank, Viduka, um, Zenden. You know, loan signings, but serious wages nonetheless. Um, and so the, the chairman did everything to make Steve McLaren a success. And did he did he use those resources to the best possible, you know, benefit of Borough? It. it it's almost impossible to say because because they did reach a cup final and win it. They did qualify for Europe two seasons out of three, um, and probably should have reached an FA Cup final, but for that West Ham match, yeah. which was a which was a terrible afternoon. And, and had they done so, that would have been three successive seasons in Europe. Now, you throw three successive seasons in Europe with nearly any manager, any English manager, in the last twenty years. You, you know that is a fantastic achievement. So. It came close, but it did cost Borough. And when he went, there had to be some belt tightening. And I think that was probably, again, a reflection of, of how much Steve Gibson backed Steve McLaren. I was going to say, if, if McLaren had stayed at the end of that year, was, was it the end for that squad, for that team, regardless? I think pretty much. I mean, the, the last two years, uh, he'd gone out and bought ready-made component parts for what he wanted in the squad. And the vast majority of them were well over 30 and what was interesting was that summer when he left I mean that was the year when £24 million worth of signings left the club without a penny coming back in and that was the likes of Egiog, uh, Viduka, Hasselbank and then you include Gareth Southgate who had been a £6 million signing that, that got promoted and that was a, that's a big chunk of assets to take out and you can't replace that very easily and they were all 
over 30, then that, that team had aged together. And you get the sense that in the last couple of years, it was a bit more short-termist, whereas early on, I think he was buying to build a team, to build a basis of a squad that he saw over the next four or five years uh, playing out to his strategic plan. I think towards the end, as the pressure rose, he realised that he had to bring in ready-made stars almost. Well, there was, a, there, was a, there was a deliberate policy, wasn't there, that when Borough got into Europe, they needed a bigger squad because obviously the, the number of games in the UEFA Cup in, then and now is, is, is very demanding. And he needed players who could cope with that level of football. And those signings, as Vic said, pretty much did the job in that respect, enabled Borough to compete in Europe. Um, whether those same players were dedicated to playing against the likes of Birmingham at home on a on a on a on a wet Tuesday or whatever on, in, in November is a different story. Um, but he he had he had to do a job. The problem was, as Vic says, was that nearly every player Borough bought for a long period of time had no resale value because of their age. And it would have been looking back, it would have been nice if Borough could have also had a little bit of foresight and signed. I use this example so. I've, forgive me for repeating it, but someone like a Tim Cahill, mm. a player from the lower divisions who went on to become a top-class Premier League player. Uh, you know, He was doing great things with Millwall. Was there any reason why Borough couldn't buy a player like that? Who had his best years ahead of him. Um, of course, McLaren was also looking at Stuart Downing came through. Um, he was a massive part of that successful Borough team, and that should not be forgotten. And I think it sometimes is. You think of Borough's greatest success. You know, you think of the Stout Bucharest match, for example. Stuart Downing was the was the catalyst behind that performance. Um, so he got a couple of young players through as well. Um, you know, he, he did give also some of the young players the head. He gave you know James Morrison developed under him. Um, Andrew Taylor came through. You know, one or two others as well. Stuart Parnaby was around that time. So, um, it, it's a, again, it's a difficult to quantify, but yes, you've got to say that the players that he brought in didn't have any resale value, and therefore the guy who replaced him was going to be limited in terms of funds. And had he been still at the club at the start of the 2006-07 season, he would have had to go through a lot of what Gareth Southgate had to go through, although it would have been much further down the line in terms of knowing how to deal with that situation. Very briefly, before we move on, obviously he failed at Forest quite badly. Are you surprised at the success he's had at Derby? Because he hasn't spent that much money there, has he? And, and he's took them from middle, middle of the road up to... I, I don't think there's any doubt at all that he's a good coach. And I think if he's got the right setting and he's given his head, then I think he'd be a success, as he was at 20 the first time. Uh, he was allowed pretty much to, to build the squad and play the way he wanted there, and he was given time. At Forest, he wasn't given time. Forest is not a club where you, you get time to rebuild. And, and, I mean, as we've seen, they've got about 10 managers in four years, you know. And also, I think at, at, uh, in Germany, he struggled, whether it's a cultural problem or not I don't know but again he didn't get time at, at Derby I think he, he took over almost after Bright, after Nigel Clough had done a similar job that Mogger had done here uh, they'd spent a couple of years getting the, the clearing the decks balancing the books and they had a couple of good young players coming through so maybe it's a, another case of the lucky man in the right place at the right time there but he certainly is a good, good, good coach. I mean, I, I think if you want to look at his, his influence as a coach, uh, look at QPR and the job he did while yeah. he was there as Harry Redknapp's right-hand man. And everyone there would, would tell you that 
when he was doing the coaching, they were a lot harder to break down. They looked champions elect, didn't they, at the yeah. start of the season? And after he left, they kind of they the they again, they fell away quite badly. Mm-hmm. And in the end, they only just they managed to, to uh, squeeze up. At the expense of Steve McLaren's <laughs> yeah, Derby. Yeah. Back to now, then, obviously, Derby, Derby, Borough, or Borough Derby is the, the big talking point in the championship this, this weekend. This thing about Borough being under the radar, is that out the window now with another heavy, heavy win against Millwall? I think it's more. It's 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 almost more interesting to ask. Does it matter? Does it, it matters to us sometimes, doesn't it? Because you just know that had another team gone to London and scored five goals, and really ten one wouldn't have flattered Borough. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Even probably the Millwall fans, um, you would have seen a lot more of a reaction had that been, let's say, West Ham mm. in the Championship, like they were a few seasons ago. Um, or, or one of the other bigger clubs from the south of England, or maybe it's in Newcastle when they would, you know, it 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 is strange how when Middlesbrough do something like that, it takes a long time for the for people to sit up and take notice. Um, it's not a bad thing, though. No, I think sometimes it's quite. Na- I was going to say sometimes it's quite quite nice just to quietly go about your job, mm. and then you know because this season. Whether Borough win every game one nil or win every game five nil is about an end in sight, isn't yeah. it? It's about winning promotion, and that's all that really matters this season. And if nobody else notices outside Teesside, I don't think it really matters. But just in terms of the general football world, there are so many mediums, watch, uh, you know, watching football and covering football. It is strange how this success story that's starting to appear under Aitor Karanka hasn't really had the legs you thought it might have done. You know, I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, I, I think simmering at righteous indignation is very much part of the Teesside psyche. <laughs> I think we've always been like that. Uh, I think it fuels uh, the parochial drive that, that is not just around the football team, but you know, around everything about Teesside. Uh, you know, we'll we'll sit there and watch the UEFA Cup matches every every week. You know, the Europa League, and we'll fume that. You know, how dare that Spurs have been talked about on the back pages we never got mentioned yeah. until we got to the semi-final mm-hmm. and then you know a year later when Chelsea and Arsenal are in this competition it's oh this is a big glamorous competition mm-hmm. everyone wants to win you never said that when we were in it yeah. <laughs> but, and it's not just on the national media we, we feel exactly the same resentment when we're fourth on the running order after Sunderland Newcastle and Sunderland ladies <laughs> because you know that, that's there is a sense that we are overlooked and we're not getting our fair share but I think that kind of almost, the, the chippiness is part of what makes Teesside the, the way it is. And if you keep winning games, it's only a matter of time, yeah, of isn't it? I think and, it's after Christmas. And then we can sneer at them when they do turn up, because you know, as Phil will tell you, very often we're the only people in press conferences, and very often we're the only people in the press box of a match day. And we know that Borough are doing well, when suddenly you look down the, the press box and there's, there's eight or nine people there and you think, well, where did all these come? And they have to come over and, and say to you, oh, which one's this then? And, you know, how do you usually line up? Do your bloody research. Well, it'll be, I was saying this morning, it'll be interesting to see whether the Belgian press boys turn up again because they did, didn't they, after Vossen's yeah. arrival and then they've kind of disappeared a bit. Obviously, now he's got his hat-trick. Well, of course, that uh, now puts to bed this conspiracy theory that Jelly uh, Vossen wasn't Aitor Karanka's signing, didn't it? Which we were hearing a couple of weeks yeah. ago when he wasn't getting his game, but... Yeah, it is interesting to see. I think you get you get the worst end of of, of, the, of the world of both worlds really, as from a Borough perspective, because you either you're either ignored or when you are covered, you're patronised. Mm. You know, and it, it was it was you saw that when Steve McLaren was at 
Borough. Are, are you hearing it now when, when, when Gareth Southgate's linked with the England job? Well, all you ever hear is that he was harshly sacked by Borough. And what did they expect? You know, and the, the forget about the fact that Borough were rele- relegated yeah. under Gareth Southgate. And, in, in, and let's be honest, in a pretty insipid fashion, Borough should never have gone down in 2009, in my opinion. And, uh, but yet, the, 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 and that would never have been forgiven had that been West Ham. Mm. Who have five or six West Ham supporting national press writers working for the big papers? So that would never have been forgiven. He'd be, he'd always be the guy who took West down, West Ham down. As far as they're concerned, Gareth Southgate is the guy who was sacked with Middlesbrough two points behind the leaders in the championship. Well, you can use that fact, but we all know that he'd lost the crowd. So you're either ignored or patronised. But at the end of the day, um, it's good if for a you know. But we'll get promoted, and if no one's there, I don't care. At the, end, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's down to us, Borough, to make it a story. Mm. Because the way it happens is, you know, it, it, you do drop off the radar. If you, if, if you leave the Premier League, no matter what the circumstances, you get one shot. The next season, you're a story. Can they get back? Blah, blah, blah. You know, battling back, bouncing back from adversity. But if you don't go up the first year, the next year, you're nobody again, and you just you just fall back into this anonymous morass in the middle of the table. And you look down the, the championship table now, and you know there's ten teams there that used to be in the in the Premier League, and you know that the people who follow the Premier League, uh, who who call the shots in terms of the news agenda, they don't remember Reading and Bolton and Borough. So it's it's up to to us, the teams. To you know, force your way back into consciousness, and there's only one way of doing that, and that's well, there's two ways. One is to get promoted, and the other way is to have a really good cup run and beat one of the big boys. And I was going to say as well, sorry, uh, Phil, I think the thing with the championship is, you know, you can be second, you can be third. Norwich at the start of the season, then they come here, and you lose two or three games, and suddenly you're mid-table. You know, there's no, there's nothing there worth reporting, is there? So without jumping, it's it's a dangerous game, isn't it, to jump on a team and and tip them for promotion the, at this the, stage the of the season. Media, the way it works is that you know the sports editor of the Sun or the Mirror or the Mail will will say, right, what have you got for me? You're lad in the northeast. Oh, well, we've got Alan Pardew's on-off relationship with the fans. We've got uh, Sunderland look like they're slipping back into danger. Uh, Borough doing really well. They're fourth. Fourth. Mm, yeah. I don't want to know that. <laughs> Tell me about this this cow thing with Alan Pardew. <laughs> and, and so even if the, the reporters up here wanted to do a, a Karanka story, the, the news editors, the sports editors would just say, well, I'm not interested. It's yeah. not sexy. The the line that, that they've all done is Mourinho and, and Karanka, best mates. Which we still that. see now, don't yeah, we? Yeah, done a year on. That's it. Tell me something else. But, but the interesting thing is, um, just on this subject of recognition the, 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 the thing that is undoubted is that Middlesbrough's decade in the Premier League did have a knock-on effect outside almost England you know you, I thought Karanko was aware of Middlesbrough because he remembers you know their, their, their UEFA Cup run and, and for years Middlesbrough were an established Premier League side so people, out, people know Middlesbrough because of that 10-11 seasons wasn't it in the Premier League, that that got them a, a priceless reputation that a lot of other clubs haven't got, and um, it's proved useful. And if Borough can get back in among that group of teams again and become a, an established Premier League club again, the, the the this this fallow period in the Championship will hopefully soon be forgotten around, and they can and, and can sit at, you know with some comfort at the football's top table. And then we'll be simmering that we're last on match of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 